Today on the Matt Wall Show, nearly 20% of America's restaurants have closed permanently because of the lockdowns, and another 10,000 will be added to the list to the list soon, we're told. So the government has intentionally decimated one of our most important industries. How can anyone feel anything less than rage over this? Also, five headlines, including the Democrats uh, setting to work to enact their radical pro-abortion agenda, of course, and an Israeli scientist makes a stunning revelation involving space aliens and something called the Galactic Federation. You're going to want to hear about this if you haven't yet. Big news. Plus, we will, we will cancel an anti-gun mall Santa and much more today on The Matt Wall Show. Well, you know, in these uh, very uncertain times, a lot, a lot of uncertainty, it's important never been more important to hedge your investments with something stable and real and solid, literally like gold. But the problem is that it's really expensive and sort of out of, it seems like it's out of reach to just go out and buy gold. I know it seemed like that for me and for a lot of people, you'd love to go buy gold, but it's just really expensive. Well, here's something new. Here's a solution to that problem. The price of gold, as it's been skyrocketing, uh, it's not, it, it is not now out of reach anymore because of a company called Acre. Acre lets you subscribe to gold bars for as little as $30 a month. You pay each month, and once your gold stash reaches the price of their gold bars, they just ship it to your house. Simple as that. They, just, they ship it discreetly and safely, so you're going to uh, you know, get your hands on, on the gold bar. You're able to invest in physical gold without coming out of pocket all at once, so it's a, it's a lot more attainable for a lot of people. Uh, Acre designs their gold in California, sources their gold from one of the largest mints in Switzerland. And Acre also, also, if you want to be a little bit more uh, ambitious and aggressive, you can sign up for their $100 per, per month subscription. So they've got the $30 a month um, as sort of the base level package, but you can also do $100 a month for their five gram gold bar, uh, whichever you want to do. The point is that you can be an investor in gold. You didn't think you could, but you can. Here's what you got to do. Visit getacregold.com slash Walsh and start investing in physical gold today. Make sure you go the, to the URL because also Acre's going to be giving away a gold bar. And if you want to qualify for that giveaway, which who doesn't, you can tweet or post why you should be the recipient and mention at get underscore Acre. Again, that's getacregold.com slash Walsh. And thank you to Acre Gold for supporting the show. So Time Magazine's latest issue echoes the hyperbole found all over social media by dubbing 2020, quote, the worst year ever. Uh, I think most of the people who say this don't mean it literally. I hope anyway they don't mean it literally. 2020 obviously is not the worst year ever. I mean, any of the years in the late 14th century when the Black Plague was in the process of wiping out half of Europe's population were probably quite a bit worse than this one. Or say 1862, when over 20,000 people were killed in one day in just one battle of the Civil War. That was Antietam. Uh, that year was, I'm guessing, much more challenging than this one. The same goes for 1861, 1863, 1864, or any of the years leading up to and preceding the Civil War. In fact, I bet if you were transported to any year prior to our modern age, anywhere on Earth, you would, within hours, be begging for the comfort and tranquility of America circa the year of our Lord 2020. I'm not sure what exactly was happening in, say, 1648 or 1234 or 1705, but I do know that the nights were cold, survival was hard, people probably didn't smell very good, your children, not all of them, probably would live to adulthood, and you would probably be dead before 50. So, no. 2020 is not the worst year ever, not even close to it. And it's important to establish that fact because if we lose our sense of perspective, 
then we will not be able to rationally evaluate our situation and make good and coherent choices. In fact, it is this lack of perspective, this inability to rationally evaluate, that has contributed greatly towards making 2020, if not the worst year ever, at least a bad year, and perhaps the worst in several decades. It's what has scared people into submitting to tyranny from the government. And as far as that goes, I think we can say without melodrama or hyperbole that what the government has done over the past several months has been oppressive, tyrannical, and capricious to an extent unprecedented in our lifetimes, at least. This may not be the worst year literally in history, but some of what has happened, we have never seen before. And it is very terrible indeed. On that end, here's the latest, a report from CNN reporting some real and important news for a change. I don't know if their normal editors are on vacation or what to let this slip through, but here's what the article says. It says about 17% of America's restaurants have already permanently closed this year with thousands more on the brink, according to a new report. The National Restaurant Association is publicly pleading with Congress to pass new stimulus to help the industry that has been damaged by the pandemic. The group said Monday that 10,000 restaurants could close in the next three weeks, in addition to the 110,000 that have already shuttered in 2020. Now, just to stop for a moment here, uh, to, to really think about this, because you become numb to these numbers after a while. 110,000 restaurants have closed this year. 110,000. If I had told you in December of 2019 that in the following year, over 100,000 restaurants would be closed, first of all, you wouldn't believe me. Second, if you did believe me, you would think that I was describing some kind of sudden economic apocalypse, some sort of act of God coming out of the sky, out of the blue, to destroy an entire industry in one fell swoop. And you would be wrong in that assumption. This has been an intentional, deliberate, targeted act, decision, by our elected leaders. Now, uh, a little bit more from CNN. It says, the group released results from a survey of 6,000 restaurant operators revealing that 87% of full-service restaurants reported an average 36% drop in revenue and 83% expect sales to be even worse over the next three months as the virus continues to lash the United States. Sean Kennedy, executive vice president of the group, said, in short, the restaurant industry simply cannot wait for relief any longer. Um, he advocates for a, quote, true compromise between the competing Democrat and Republican proposals and hopes for a larger stimulus package in 2021 under the incoming Biden administration. CNN Business's dashboard tracking America's recovery shows a steep drop in restaurant reservations down 70 percent during the pandemic. They recovered in September, have fallen once again. A bipartisan stimulus proposal could be unveiled this week. It's unclear if the extension of the Paycheck Protection Program, which the group wants, will be included. Now, I said that CNN was reporting real news for a change, but they can't help themselves, of course. As usual, the media reports that even acknowledge the devastation will always blame, lay the blame on the virus. They lay the blame of the economic devastation on the virus. Well, the virus and Donald Trump. Notice it says that the situation with restaurants will get even worse as the virus continues to lash the United States. But it's not the virus doing this. The virus hasn't closed one single restaurant. Our response to the virus has done that. The distinction really matters because it's not as though this was unavoidable. It's not as though a virus had to demolish the restaurant industry and put hundreds of thousands of people just from that industry alone out of work. There were other ways of responding, but we, and by we, I mean they, the politicians, the bureaucrats, chose this way. They did this, not the virus. 
economically, anyway, they are the ones lashing the United States, not the virus. Virus. And now we're told that the only solution is to rely on the people who caused the problem to begin with. We have to beg them to hammer out a deal and pass a stimulus. That's the solution. Which, yes, they do need to hammer out a deal and pass a stimulus. If they're going to put millions of people out of work and shut down millions of businesses, it's their responsibility to offer some kind of compensation. But this is a Band-Aid at best, not a solution. It's not what will save the restaurant industry or any other industry from full collapse. It's not what will save our economy or reclaim our country or win back the rights we forfeited. The only way to really reclaim what has been taken is simply to take it back. Not to ask for it to be given back, but to take it. Business owners should just open their businesses, no matter what the restrictions and ordinances say. No matter what Gavin Newsom or Andrew Cuomo thinks about it. Flip on the open sign, unlock the door, start doing business again. Churches should open their doors, invite their congregations in not waiting for permission from the mayor or the sheriff or even their bishop, if we're talking about a Catholic church. People who want to walk down the street without a mask should simply walk down the street without a mask. This is how America became a free country in the first place. If you're waiting for the government to give you permission to be free, you've already lost. The only way is to say, I am free, I'm an American, and this is what I'm going to do. Try and stop me. And maybe they will try and stop you. Maybe they won't. If enough people join you, they won't be able to stop you. If people don't join you, then even so, at least you can know that you did the right thing, the American thing. You didn't take the tyranny lying down. You chose, at least, to be free. Now let's get to our five headlines. So a report here from uh, Breitbart as the Democrats get to work on enacting their extreme pro-abortion agenda. Uh, It says on Tuesday at 10 a.m., House Democrats led by Connecticut Representative Rosa DeLauro will convene a hearing, well, did convene now a hearing, that will ignite their extreme abortion agenda, including their goal of repealing the Hyde Amendment and forcing American taxpayers to fund abortions. Uh, DeLauro tweeted, the Hyde Amendment is a discriminatory policy and one that is routinely considered every year as a legislative writer, but we are in a moment to reckon with the norm. The hearing of the Appropriations Subcommittee on Labor, Health, and Human Services, Education, and Related Agencies is titled The Impact on Women Seeking an Abortion but Are Denied Because of an Inability to Pay. Dolores said, because of Hyde, too many are hostages to their geography. In the coming Congress, the House spending bill will not include it. Uh, Then it goes on from there. The Hyde Amendment, again, is, as is referenced there, um, it, it prevents the federal government from funding abortions. And... Um, now, we, we already, by the way, fund abortions, effectively speaking, because we fund Planned Parenthood to the tune of 500 bil- uh, billion. Well, maybe we'll get there soon. $500 million a year. And, of course, we're told, oh, that, that money isn't used to fund abortions. That's, that, that's, that's separate money. Well, money is fungible. Okay, you, you pour it into the bucket. I mean, you could pour water into one side of a bucket and then some more water into a different side. It's going to be hard to say which water is which, right? It all kind of mixes together, and it's the same thing with money. Um, So we already do, but this is something that would allow the government to explicitly fund abortion uh, without even pretending that they're not. And this is, this, of course, we know is the Democrats' agenda. And I can tell you one thing. If the Republicans lose the Senate, I mean, if these these 
con artists down in Georgia that are telling Republicans not to vote, if they get their way and the Republicans and the and the Republicans lose the Senate, then I mean we're looking at, of course, left-wing radicalism across the board, but in the abortion industry in particular, they're coming in with a vengeance on the abortion in, I- issue. Because they, they feel like we have, they have to pay us back for the fact that Amy Coney Barrett was confirmed. And this is why it is so infuriating to me that the Republicans had a chance. You know, they had the House, the Senate, and the White House for two years, 2016 to 2018. They had a chance to make real progress. And they didn't do anything, really, effectively in the end. Number two, uh, if you want to be thoroughly sickened, here's a clip of New York Governor Cuomo and virus czar Anthony Fauci flirting. Listen to this. Uh, Maybe we enlist you. I'll do it with you. We'll do an ad telling New Yorkers it's safe to take the vaccine to, uh, to, you know, put us together. We're like the uh, modern day uh, De Niro and Pacino. You can be whichever you want. You can be the De Niro or Pacino. Fauci and Cuomo, I'll give you a friend. Who who do you want to be, De Niro or Pacino? Which one do you want to be? I love them both. I love them both. I don't want to insult one or the other. If I say one, I don't want to hurt the feelings of the other. Yeah. Who's the politician? (laughs) So funny, these guys. Couple of jokers. Having a lot of fun with it. This is is what gets me about Cuomo is just how flippant he is. He's been this entire time. He's having a great time. I mean, Andrew Cuomo is having a great time with the coronavirus. He's selling books. He's doing, he's given his, you know, he's given speeches. He's doing his press conferences. He's joking around with Anthony Fauci. He's going on uh, doing segments with his brother on CNN. They're making jokes about his big ears with a big prop uh, Q-tip. He's just having a, a hell of a time. While he pretends to be taking it seriously, which of course he isn't. Number three, this is from the New York Post. It says, a mom of three who was cleared of knowingly having sex with a boy who was only 14 now plans to capitalize on her notoriety by peddling images and videos on a raunchy website, according to a report. Um, Taya Vincent is her name. She says she's thinking of doing an, of, of starting up an OnlyFans account. Now, Taya Vincent and OnlyFans, a subscription site where people go for pornography, basically. Uh, Taya Vincent, 32 years old, admitted to initiating sex with a 14-year-old boy after inviting him and his buddy into her home. This is in the UK. Now, the mom insisted she thought that he was 16, which is the legal age of consent in in the UK. Um, She uh, had told the Gloucester Crown Court, I think it's pronounced Gloucester, there was a Gloucester, I don't know that it was only after they were finished in bed that the youngster panicked and convinced, uh, confessed his tender age. But Vincent was ultimately cleared after the court was told how the boy had lied about his age. So they put the, they put the fault on, on the kid. And now she goes free and she's thinking of starting an OnlyFans account. And a couple of things here. First of all, the, as usual with the reporting on these stories, and of course you notice this, whenever it's a, a, a woman, particularly if it's an attractive woman, who, quote, has sex with a child, that's how it's reported. It's reported as, well, she had sex with a 14-year-old. Or even sometimes you'll, you'll see the phrase sex romp. I remember seeing that recently. I think it was actually a Fox News headline. 
Uh, it was a, a, a woman had a, had a sex romp with, a, with one of her students, a teacher. No, this is not a, a sex romp. This is not having sex. This is rape. That's what we call it. And if she was a man, that's how it would be reported. So, and that's the other thing we see here, of course, is, is, this, is this enduring double standard when it comes to these kinds of issues. That people just, the courts don't take it as seriously. I mean, you, you reverse the genders here. Let's say this was a 32-year-old man having sex with a 14-year-old girl. He'd be in prison. Wouldn't be, he wouldn't be starting any, you know, he wouldn't be going into porn. And people wouldn't, speaking of being flippant, people wouldn't be as flippant in response to it. This is, even the most supposedly enlightened feminists, they still have this double standard. No one can explain why. You know, why is it not as big of a deal for a woman to do this to a boy? I, I think it's as big of a deal. I don't see any difference. But the, the reaction from the public is, oh, well, you know, the te- when the teachers do it. That's why we have, the, there is a, a real epidemic in the public school system of teachers assaulting, sexually assaulting students. But it doesn't get the same kind of attention as, say, the epidemic that we had in the Catholic Church. Part of that, of course, is the media hates the Catholic Church but loves the public school system, so they're trying to protect it. But also a big part of it is that a lot of the high-profile cases of teachers sexually assaulting their students, it's female teachers doing it. And the public just says, eh, I don't know, not as big of a deal. No one can explain why. I would say regardless of gender, if you're an adult sexually preying upon a child, you're a scumbag equally, man or woman. That is my controversial take on that. Number four, um, here are two mostly unrelated headlines. I'm just going to read the headlines to, to you so see if you can pick up on, on sort of the game they're playing here. First, this is from the AP. It says, coronavirus pandemic has led to an unprecedented surge of children and teens in psychiatric crisis that's straining an already stretched hospital system. So we see here again the same thing that, that CNN did with the, uh, with the economic crisis and restaurants being shut down, saying the coronavirus pandemic has caused this unprecedented surge. No, it's not the coronavirus pandemic doing that. It's that we're taking these kids. I, I'll tell you what it's doing. It. We're taking these kids. We're locking them in their homes. They're not going to school. They're not seeing their friends. You know, they can't even go to a playground for some reason. Even now, you go to a, I saw a playground recently. It was, it was, it was, there was caution tape wrapped around it. Is there any indication, any evidence that playgrounds are vectors of transmission? I don't think so. So we're not letting them get outside the house. We're locking them in. And, um, and also we're scaring the hell out of them, making them wear masks everywhere. I mean, they don't, they don't understand what's happening, especially the younger kids. That's why you have a psychiatric crisis. Again, it's the response. It's not the virus itself. And then here's one. Here's a good one from The Hill. This is a, a, a headline from The Hill. It says, mostly white crowd gathers outside of home of black Ohio, Ohio councilwoman to protest public health order. Mostly white crowd. So we've heard of the mostly peaceful crowd. Now here's the mostly white crowd. And so these were anti-lockdown protesters who were protesting someone who was pushing a lockdown. And, but, but here's what the media does, because I'll tell you what, they would, they would love it if these anti-lockdown protesters would be violent. They would love that. And they're really disappointed that none of these, these protests never turn violent because these are mostly conservatives and conservatives don't engage in political violence. That's a left-wing thing. It's not a conservative thing. 
So because they're not getting the violence they want, instead they said, well, we'll just go to plan B here. Smear him as racist. Call it a mostly white crowd. Point out the racial dynamic. Of course, they don't go anywhere with it. They don't, they don't, they don't then say, you know, explicitly accuse these people of being racist because they don't have to. It's the old dog whistle that we're always uh, told about. Number five, finally, this is huge news. I'm glad we could finally get to this. Um, Listen to this report. This is also from the New York Post. If you haven't heard this, I feel like this really matters. I don't know. It says space aliens have reached an agreement with the U.S. government to stay mum on the experiments they conduct on Earth, as well as their secret base on Mars, until mankind is ready to accept them. This according to the former head of Israel's space program, which he, uh, he claimed in an interview with the Jerusalem Post, or, ra- or rather the Jewish press, I should say. The Jewish press uh, goes on to unspool the tangled web, which claims the involvement of President Trump and interplanetary diplomacy. Uh, it says Trump was on the verge of revealing the aliens' existence, but the aliens in the Galactic Federation are saying, wait, let people calm down first. Um, he said uh, they don't want to start mass hysteria they want to first make us sane and understanding. And so it's, it's a really interesting report. You can go to the Jewish press and read that. I would recommend reading the whole report. It's actually very extensive, and they go into great detail. From this guy, uh, what's his name? I didn't even give you his name. It's important to know. Uh, Chaim Ished. I mean, this is a former high-ranking guy. I mean, the, you know, scientist. Saying there's a galactic federation. Aliens have been to Earth. They're here right now. Donald Trump knows about it, hasn't told, was wanted to tell us. Apparently, Donald Trump is in, in communication with the Galactic Federation. I don't know if there's a special room down in the White House where, he, you know, there's a, like a, a big uh, a TV screen and he, can, and he can have like a Zoom calls with the Galactic Federation somewhere out in the, in the galaxy. Uh, but he was going to tell us and the Galactic Federation said, no, 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 they're not ready. Don't tell them. I, I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, I choose to believe this. There's no reason to believe it. It's pretty clear this guy just is going insane. But I choose to believe it and assimilate it into my worldview. And because of that, my life just got like 35% more interesting. And also, I got 35% crazier. But I think that's a trade worth making. As somebody pointed out on Twitter, uh, I, I think the, the least believable part of this, I mean, there are a few parts of it that maybe strain credulity a little bit. The least believable part by far is that Donald Trump knows about aliens and hasn't told us, was able to keep his mouth, his mouth shut about it. That's the part. I mean, I'm almost, you can almost buy all of it, even the Galactic Federation part, until you get to that. And you say, no, nah, there's no way. Trump, to his credit, Trump, if he knew about aliens, you know he would tell us. And that is also, for me, maybe the most disappointing thing about Trump's presidency is that it basically confirms that the government doesn't know about aliens because Trump would have told us for sure. He would have at least hinted at it very strongly, as he would say. Um, and uh, also, an- another side note, this does sound a little bit like Scientology, doesn't it? Galactic Federation, isn't that a Scientology thing? So Tom Cruise, John Travolta, they were right all along. All right, before we get to our daily cancellation, one other thing, kind of a bonus story here. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a critic of Hollywood. I tend to hate most of the movies and shows that it produces. But I have to say, this new trailer, which uh, just came out, I'm very hyped about this. I think this has the makings, potentially, of a true cinematic classic. 
uh, in my view, and uh, one that will stand the test of time, I'm sure. And it gives us all something to look forward to. Here's the trailer. Watch this. What the hell are you doing? A Lifetime original mini-movie. You don't answer my proposal, and now you're not answering my call. I think I'm falling for the new chef. Jessica is falling for Harlan. The cook? Leave Jessica alone and skip town. He has a secret recipe that's going to change the world. Harlan claims to have some secret recipe. A secret recipe? (laughs) Spare me. We all have our secrets. If you marry my daughter, I promise there'll be more long weekends in your future. Mom, I have to tell you something. We have a problem. Secrets out, chicken man. I'll take care of this. Ruining everything! Just kill him already! Who the hell are you? Harlan Sanders, the new chef. Mario Lopez is Colonel Sanders in a recipe for seduction. Wow. Premieres uh, at noon, of course. Lifetime. Premiering in the middle of the week at noon. So if you don't have a job, um, that, that gives you something to look forward to. I think, I think this is great. Kind of an origin story for Colonel Sanders. I'd like to see the origin story of Arby next, which, of course, is the, the, the best fast food restaurant, hands down. So, I mean, a lot of crap coming out of Hollywood, but that's something that we can look forward to anyway. Before we get to the daily cancellation, if you're uh, scrambling right now and not sure what, you know, maybe you've got someone, an important person in your life, you haven't gotten them a Christmas gift yet, you're not sure what to get them, you want to get them something meaningful, well, let me suggest paint your life. You cannot go wrong with paint your life. You're going to be the hit. You're going to have the favorite present. It's always good to know that you gave the favorite present. If you want to give a truly meaningful gift, then paintyourlife.com is the way to go. You can get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. All you got to do is just send any picture, whether it's yourself, your children, family, a special place, a cherished pet, whatever you want to do. Or you could combine photos into one. So you could send them a bunch of photos and they can create, uh, basically, you know, say a, a family portrait of family members that never had a chance to meet or for a, you know, a, a picture-taking occasion that, that had to be canceled this year. Uh, that's another, another thing that a lot of people are doing with Paint Your Life. Whatever you, however, however you want to approach it, you can choose from a team of world-class artists and work with them until every detail is perfect. Uh, it's a very hands-on process, and you know, they're going to be consulting with you every step of the way because they know that this is your picture. This is important to you, um, and so they want to make sure they get it right to your specifications. And here's the great thing. You can get the hand-painted painted portrait back in about three weeks. It's a lot quicker than you think it will be. Uh, perfect holiday gift. So paintyourlife.com. There's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. You can get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. You don't want to lose your chance to, to, to grab this offer. So to get this special offer, text the word Matt to 64,000. That's Matt to 64,000. Text Matt, M-A-T-T, to 64,000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Um, Another gift you can give yourself this year is uh, a Daily Wire membership and uh, also our new Leftist Tears Tumblr. Very, very snazzy. It actually says that on my copy. I'm supposed to call it very, very snazzy. And it is. No, no lie about that. Um, and this is another thing you can get uh, along with becoming a Daily Wire member. Now, a lot of great perks are going to... Are, you already get a lot of great perks if you're a Daily Wire member. But uh, there's even more on the way as we get into the new year. The Michael Knowles Show is now five days a week. We're adding the entire PragerU catalog. We've got the Candace Owens Show. Uh, the, the Candace Owens' PragerU Show is available now on the Daily Wire. 
But uh, she's also joining The Daily Wire. She'll be here in Nashville for a live show. We're building a new investigative journalism team. We're going to be doing movies, all kinds of stuff. And we've also got um, merchandise over at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Um, Merchandise like, for example, these Christmas ornaments. Uh, We've got a lot of, we've got merchandise that's better than the Christmas ornaments. But I do have to tell you about the Christmas ornaments because they're not sold out yet. So I have to keep on talking about them. And in fact, I don't know who's bought them. I can tell you that my wife bought these Christmas ornaments. She knows how much I love them. She bought two boxes. And I, I said, I'm pretty sure we could probably get them for free. Maybe not. I mean, I do, it is me, after all. I should be able to get it for free. She's, she wanted to buy them anyway. And so they're going to be hanging on my Christmas tree. If they're going to be hanging on my Christmas tree, they should be hanging on yours, too. Text CHRISTMAS to 83400 to get your tree decorated with these adorable Christmas elves and the Christmas ornaments. They're going fast. Sure. Uh, So get yours now. Now, let's get to our daily cancellation. Today, I'm canceling Santa Claus, uh, at least one iteration of Santa Claus. I'm hoping, hoping that this Santa is not the real Santa. The one I'm canceling, an, an imposter, we might assume, was at a mall somewhere in the country when he appeared to dash a young boy's Christmas dreams to tragic effect. Listen. What do you want for Christmas? So the boy wants a Nerf gun for Christmas. What boy doesn't want a Nerf gun for Christmas? And Santa says, no, can't bring you guns, even Nerf guns. From the way he phrases it, it does make you wonder whether this guy actually thinks he really is Santa. He starts talking to the boy about what he can bring, trying to give other options. He doesn't seem to realize that, in fact, he's not Santa. The real Santa has no anti-gun bias, as evidenced by the fact that I got toy guns for Christmas every year as a child. Also, the real Santa is 1,700 years old. You'd think he's far too old at this point to have gone woke on us, uh, you know, already. Now, this Santa then is just a guy in a red suit. And his job is to listen to the child's request, answer in a vague affirmative, oh, I'll talk to my elves about that or whatever, and then take a picture. That's his entire job. It's his job just to do that. His job is not to deliver lectures or start telling the kid what he can and can't have for Christmas. The parents waiting in line aren't paying all that money for a Christmas present consult with a guy in a red suit. They're paying for smiles and Christmas cheers and a picture, a picture that is already weird enough this year because Santa has to sit six feet away, if you saw in the video clip there, so that in the picture, you know, you have the kid in the foreground and then some random fat dude hovering in the background smiling weirdly. Trust me, we've already done this with our kids at my wife's insistence. The picture comes out as bizarre and unnerving as it sounds. And everyone has to wear masks, at least the, the, the Santa one we did. Santa's wearing masks. The kids have to wear masks. So everybody's masked. You can't see anyone smile. Santa's just sort of vaguely in the distance back there. And everyone's just standing there masked. 
It's the creepiest, weirdest thing. But speaking of the parents, you have to wonder why none of them stepped up to put this man in his place. Why didn't any of them go over and tell him to know his role and shut his mouth, to quote a man who has also recently been canceled on this show? Well, it goes back to what we discussed yesterday during this segment. People stand by meekly and just film everything or take pictures, becoming passive observers in situations where they should be active participants. A mall Santa is being a bully to a young child. There are not many times in life when you can yell at Santa and not be the jerk in the situation, but this was one such occasion, and all of the adults in the vicinity apparently squandered it. Somehow. So they're canceled too. As for the mall Santa, he sadly is not alone in apparently thinking that there's something wrong or troubling about boys playing with toy guns. This is a common hang-up that people have, and increasingly so in our confused and anti-male society. It goes along with the general hang-up about boys being aggressive, rough, violent. Everywhere a boy turns, he's met by forces wishing to domesticate and feminize him. Now, on the list of those threats, a mall Santa doesn't quite make the top ten, but it's a sad statement that the efforts are so pervasive at this point as to encompass even mall Santas. Here's, here's the reality. Boys have a natural aggression, a natural tendency towards violence. This is good. It's who they are. It's who they were made to be. Now, you can't let those tendencies develop entirely on their own. All children must learn to be civilized, but you also can't suppress them or treat them as symptomatic of some kind of disease. The goal is to harness a boy's innate aggressiveness. Part of that process, an important part, maybe even the most important part for a kid, is through play. The boy pretends to be a superhero. He pretends to be a soldier, a police officer, a cowboy. Toy guns will often be involved in these kinds of games. He's learning that violence can be good, which is true. It can but it has to be violence in service of good, to protect and defend, heroic violence. Sports also play a crucial role here. Now, on the other end, if a kid gets caught up in you know, movies, shows, games that are overly gory and nihilistic and not appropriate for his age, and is too exposed to that and fascinated by it, then he's going to start to learn the wrong things about violence, have the, lo- the wrong relationship with violence, and that can have a very detrimental effect on his growth. And that's why the goal is always to embrace who the child is, help him to harness his innate tendencies and to guide him in the right direction, which means, yes, let him play with Nerf guns. Now, perhaps I've delivered a more serious analysis of the Mall Santa video than was necessary. But even so, the point remains. It is good for boys to have Nerf guns. And even better nowadays, because it means they're going to be on their feet, moving around, physically playing, rather than sitting on a couch and moving only their thumbs. So, For that reason, the mall Santa is canceled. And really, all mall Santas are canceled this year because a socially distant Santa is just not the same, it turns out. All of the adults in that video are are canceled. The only one not canceled is uh, is the child, who I hope still gets his Nerf gun in the end. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, And our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020.
Ted Cruz offers to make the Trump team's arguments at the Supreme Court. President Trump speeds up executions for death row inmates, and a killjoy liberal Santa makes a kid cry. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.